Right, pod people, welcome to another episode of Hoosier Nerds Podcast with your host, Mikey Tim and the two Chris's. Um, it's only Chris today with a K. Uh, Mikey and Tim, I don't know where they're at, they must be busy. And Chris, I think, has problems with his vagina. No, I'm kidding, he doesn't. Chris had something come up at the last minute. So I thought I would take a shot and do this. So let's get down to business because um, it's my show. So I'm going to do everything. I want to do it my way. So this it's the Chris show with me. I'm Chris. It's the Chris show. We'll have really cool guests. Actually, we won't have any guests. Um, but anyway, so let's get to it. Um, we'll do IndyCar news because I am an encyclopedia of IndyCar knowledge and Indy 500 knowledge. Uh, Connor Daly lost his ride today. Indiana's own uh, Hoosier favorite, Connor Daly, lost his ride with uh, ECR, Ed Carpenter Racing. I don't get it. Um, he's got a teammate. He's outperformed him in four of the seven races we've had this year. Yet he gets the boot, so there's got to be something else behind it. Um, I mean, he even finished ahead of him in... Uh, Finished, Connor finished 8th at the 500, and, and uh, his teammate, Renus VK, finished 10th. So, I mean, VK's had flashes of brilliance, I suppose. You know, he's had some polls. He won the uh, Indy GP back in 2022, 21. So, um, but other than that, I mean, Connor's had, he's had a top three. He's had pole positions, so... Um, I don't know that he's been outperformed. I just don't get why they uh, they gave him the axe. And the, the crappy part of it is Connor is the one who brought the sponsor, Bitcoin, on to the team. So the sponsor, which is Bitcoin, not Bitcoin, BitNile, I'm sorry. BitNile is the sponsor. Connor uh, brought that sponsor to the team, and uh, they're obligating their contract and finishing out the year. But hopefully... Connor can take that uh, sponsor money and go get himself another ride somewhere else. Um, so that is the racing news. We're in full Indy 500 hangover still. Um, <clears throat> Detroit was this past weekend. And although the circuit looks like it's was designed and drawn by a little kid, looks like a whale, something like a little kid would draw a whale. That's what the track layout looks like. It was actually a pretty decent race, so, um, and uh, it was so exciting, I don't even remember who won the race, um, so that tells you everything, oh, um, no, who was it, who did win, Will Power finished, I know Will Power finished second, but I don't even know, it shows you how um, exciting that race, oh, Alex Pelot won the race, uh, Pelot Power and Rosenquist, who nudged his teammate out of a, out of a, uh, um, out of a podium finish there on the last few laps. Alexander Rossi didn't seem too happy about it. But anyway, that is IndyCar news. Um, for this week, no Connor Daly the rest of the year. That's kind of crappy. Uh, he's got a podcast. You should listen to it. Um, it's on all that. I'll promote it. I don't care. It's uh, Speed Street. It's a very, very good podcast. I highly recommend Speed Street by Connor Daly. He's part of the Dirty Mo media umbrella which is Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s uh, deal there so I'll go listen to that anyway 
um, um, the Colts had a player while we're in sports who <laughs> he uh, gambled. And you're not supposed to gamble. Like gambling's a no-no. Which is the dumb thing is, is like you know, and like he bet on the Colts. Like it's like Isaiah, some other. Um, I am not prepared to do this on my own. Obviously, it's not Isaiah Thomas. Um, let's go to the Colts and see who it was. Isaiah. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not Isaiah Washington. Um, all I know is he did not show up at the uh, he did not show up at the uh, workout today. So um, obviously he's in big trouble. Um, anyway, so a Colts player got busted for uh, gambling on football teams. You're not supposed to gamble on football teams, but he did, and he, apparently he gambled on. Uh, Colts games, which you're not supposed to do that either. Uh, you know, that's how Pete Rose got kicked out of baseball. Irony, Pete Rose got kicked out of baseball for betting on baseball, and then they put a betting window at the ballpark in Cincinnati where he was, you know, player coach. I don't know. I'm just saying. Anyway, um, that's all we got out of that. Then... Uh, Chris had a knot buster this week. That is right. Uh, cue the music, Phil. It's a knot buster kind of day. Just go ahead and you push play. It's a horrible movie that we might enjoy. It's knot buster day all day long. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Chris watched, <coughs> excuse me, another Not Buster. Uh, this week he watched the 2015 Jim Wynorski classic, Sharkensaw Women's Prison Massacre. Yes, not Arkansas. I did not mispronounce it, it but it is Sharkensaw. Sharkensaw Women's Prison Massacre. I saw this tro uh, this uh, movie poster pop up, and I had to uh, I had to give it a watch, um, which it's it's uh, it's it's not horrible, it's it's watchable. I would watch it again. So what is it about? So there are engineers in that area. I guess they're supposed to be in Arkansas, and they are fracking for oil. And it's basically it says when a fracking environmental accident rips apart the Earth's crust, the resulting hole lets out prehistoric sharks from underground that target a group of women and trap them in a cabin. And I let's use that term cabin extremely loosely, okay. So here's another uh, here's another description of it. Human greed and a rapacious local fracking company fracture a subterranean water pocket in Arkansas releasing deadly amphibious sharks, as opposed to non-amphibious sharks, uh, from the depths of prehistory. An unsuspecting group of female prisoners on work detail and their guards find themselves up against a, vor a voracious apex predators that infest the broad Arkansas bayou. And absolutely no one is safe. And I can vouch for that by seeing the movie, no one is safe. These bloodthirsty sharks rule the swamps. 
who will live and who will die in the Sharkansaw Women's Prison Massacre. Next. Anyway, um, the movie does have Dominique Swain in it. She's in quite a few different pictures. Um, <clears throat> she was in uh, Alpha Dog. Uh, that's got uh, Emil Hirsch in it, Justin Timberlake. Bruce Willis is in it, too, I believe. Uh, she's also in Face Off with uh, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. So she does have some work behind her. Um, and that's how I stumbled upon this was because I was looking up who was who in Alpha Dog. I watched Alpha Dog. It's all right. Oh, Anton Yelchin's in it, too. He's really good in it. Um, Anton Yelchin. Is that how you say Yelchin? Anyway, he's in it. So I watched that, and that's how I found out Dominique Swain, and that's how we stumbled upon Shark Assault Women's Prison Massacre. But it also has um, Tracy Lords in it, who used to be a porn star, I believe, when she was a teenager, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she is actually, she is a... Uh, she is a pop icon, I will. It says in her uh, her bio, Tracy Lords is impossible to categorize. Kevin Smith called her an American pop icon. I agree. Um, yeah, she was like making porn when she was like 16 or something, I think. Um, or, yeah, I think she was, well, she was, she was under 18. So, um, uh, it says in her, Armed with a fake ID, this is in her bio, Tracy Lord's bio. Armed with a fake ID, no one questioned the stunning woman child who signed on as a figure model, which eventually led to adult films. With a rebellious attitude and stunning looks, she shot to stardom quickly in the X-rated world. In May of 86, so she would have been 18 in 86, the Tracy Lord story broke. Oh, here we go. Um, she was 15 when she first... Uh, started looking into this. It says 1984. So it says uh, in 86, the media had a field day with the tale of the troubled bad girl who tricked the porn world. The FBI questioned Lords and announced that because she was a minor, she was not responsible, and that all films that featured her must be destroyed. And I don't think that's the case, honestly. Um, I don't know. I'm just saying. I doubt it. There's, there's no way to destroy that stuff. Somebody's got it on VHS or... Uh, you know, Betamax somewhere, and it's probably reached a website near you. But anyway, so Tracy Lords is in it. She plays a cop. She's been in a lot of different movies, like big name movies. Um, but we won't go into that. Anyway, so the story is, so, yeah, these fracking guys. I took some notes. You want to go through my notes? We'll go through my notes. So it looked like, it's funny, because it, I, I noticed, one of the first things I noticed was it looked like it was filmed in a state park. You know, you go to a state park, and it has those, Roads, those tree-lined roads everywhere, right? And uh, it was filmed in a state park. It was filmed in the Cavern State Park uh, near Mariana, Florida, which is near the uh, Florida, Arca Florida, Alabama border. It's North Florida. It's up in the Panhandle where all the rednecks live. Anyway, so it was up in the Cavern State Park is where it was filmed. It's just, just funny that it, I was like, God, it looks like it's filmed in a state park. Now we know why. Because it was filmed in a state park. Um, so... They unload the work release van, right? So there's two guards and five girls, six girls. Um, I think there was, hold on. We're going to look it up. There was like, I think there was five of them. Yes. There was Michelle, uh, Nita, Shannon, and Samantha, and Sarah. One, two, th three. Yes, there's five of them, right? 
So they all get out of the work release van, and I'm sorry, but they don't look like any female prisoners I've ever seen in my life. Ever. Like, and are they wearing, like, the orange jumpsuits or even the striped suits that, you know, most prison people wear when they go on work release? No. They're in short denim shorts and white tank tops. And they're super hot. I'm not lying. Like, they're smoking. But while they're wearing short shorts and white tank tops, the guard... One of the guards is wearing a heavy jacket. There's like three people in this movie that wear a heavy jacket. I don't get the heavy jacket thing. I mean, I know it gets cold in the swamps. You know, I used to live in Florida, so I know that uh, swampy areas with the with the with the water it can get pretty uh, it can get chillier. But you know, they're in pants and jackets, and they're in short shorts and white tank tops, and they're looking super hot. Um, and it's funny because, like, every vehicle in it, it's like, you know, it says such and such prison. It has a magnetic sign on it. So, like, obviously they rented the the vehicles, probably. None of them were painted. None of them, they all have magnetic signs, like, you know, I would if I could afford to, you know, wrap my vehicle. And they're out there digging holes in the woods. I don't know what they were digging up. They weren't really digging. They were just kind of moving their shovel around. Um... And they're like, ah, oh, it's so hot. Can we get, can we get, um, can we get some water? So they take the bottles of water and they pour the water all over their chests to keep them cool, which that's supposed to be really sexy, apparently. I mean, it was sexy, but like, you know, they had undergarments on, so it wasn't like it was like a wet t-shirt contest. Not like a true prison, hot chick, prison female, um, prison movie should be. It was kind of disappointing in that it wasn't the true-to-yourself uh, prison, hot chick prison movie. But I don't know. i never seen women look like this in prison. Except, I mean, you know, I guess uh, um, Paris Hilton went to jail, though, right? She's kind of hot. So uh, Paris, Hills, uh, Paris Hilton went to jail, and then uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan, she was in jail, too. But I doubt she was out in the swamp digging holes in short shorts and tank tops. I doubt they were doing that. Um, and like all of them walk like a model, like on the runway, you know, they do their little turn on the catwalk, on the catwalk. Yeah, I shake my little tushy on the catwalk. Yeah, anyway, so anyway, you get it. So they walk like uh, runway models. It's really funny. So, um, Sammy has cut her arm somehow. So Sammy's one of the hot chicks and, uh, she cut her arm. So where does she go? She goes to the swamp to clean the wound. She's like, "Can I, can I go clean the wound in the, in the, in the river or the creek or whatever?" Why you would? There's no way on God's green earth would I be cleaning a wound, an open wound with swamp water. Um, that's just, it's not, it's unhygienic. Next thing you know, you get a flesh-eating bacteria in your arm. Then they cut your arm off. Then it's probably a brain-eating amoeba or something, and it eats your brain, and you end up, you know, dying or you know. But, you know, end up like uh, Stephen Hawking. And uh, so don't clean your wounds with swamp water ever. But Sammy did. But old Sammy, she is cleaning the wound in ankle deep water. And then, bam, one of these sharks comes out, jumps out of the water and just eats her alive. These sharks have spikes all over them, which I found interesting. And they don't swim like, you know, how like Jaws, like all you saw was the fin. In Jaws, no, these guys are like half out of the water. You can see half their body uh, as they swim through the swamp. They're not real sharks, folks. These are CGI'd. But, hey, I couldn't tell the difference. That's how great 
The CGI was. The CGI was so great. Not really. It's better than Birdemic CGI. I will give it that. Um, and, of course, you know, um, so what happens is, so they get done working. And no, they, they can't find Sammy, so they're going to go back to the prison. They're going to do a search for Sammy because Sammy's missing. Where's Sammy? Well, she's, you know, shark bait. Hoo-ha-ha. So um, they load up the chicks, and they go, and then there is a, while they're leaving the state park, there's a woman broke down on the side of the road. And um, so they stop and ask if she needs some help. She's like, yeah, sure, I need some help. Then, bam, she pulls out a pistol, and it's Honey. And Honey is a girlfriend to one of the girls. And the, to Honey is one of the girls, I believe, to uh, Anita was her name. Yes, Anita. Um, was, so, and uh, Honey is played by uh, Dominique Swain, and uh, she is the girlfriend to Anita. So there's some HLA uh, kissing going on there. HLA stands for Hot Lesbian Action. For those of you who did not grow up in the Attitude Era of the WWE, so um, they take she takes everybody hostage. One of the guards gets away um, and runs. And while he's running, the the uh, swamp starts getting really, really like foggy. But fog does not look like a smoke machine at all. It looks like real fog. I swear to God, it looks nothing like smoke, but a real, you know, like smoke. It just looks like smoke. It's like somebody set a fire, and it's just like lingering. But um, so he gets away, and Honey takes Honey takes them all um, hostage. And all this wacky hijinks. So somehow they end up, and they're like, we're changing out of these clothes. So they end up changing into regular clothes. Where they got regular clothes from, I don't know. Because one, they're in prison. And two, they're not in prison uniforms, but they're already in sexy outfits as it is, right? So they changed into it. They've got more clothes. Like, I swear to God, they got these girls got as much clothes as uh, Marion and Ginger on Gilligan's Island. Like, you know, they took all those clothes for a three-hour tour. However, I, you know, but, you know, I, I don't know. You know, women take a lot of clothes. Maybe they had some packed in the van just for this very occasion that maybe, you know, um, they might do this. So they end up at this cabin. They keep calling it a cabin. It's not a cabin. It's a double-wide. Let's be honest. It's a double-wide trailer. So they're going to go, and they're like, oh, I'm going to go take a hot bath. And like, oh, I'm going to join you. And then, you know, we're thinking, all right, here we go, right? What happens? They end up, they come out in bikinis. So, again, the prison, the the woman's prison sexuality kind of gets, wow, wow, you know, bee. it's it's a very big letdown because they're all in bikinis. Where they get the bikinis from, I don't know. They It wasn't like their underwear. It wasn't like their bras and panties. Like, it was straight up like a bathing suit. So, I don't know where that came from. But anyway... Um, uh, Sarah goes out for some reason. This is one of the Sarah is another of the uh, prison guard prisoners, and she goes out in the swamp, and um, the shark comes like after her. So she starts running through the swamp. This thing burrows through the ground like a gopher, like that gopher in Caddyshack, you know, where it goes, you know, like it. So they cannot go. They not only can they go in the water, they can also burrow through like swampy, hard dirt, sand, whatever the, you know, the lay of the land is there. 
um, so they can they can shark these sharks can swim on land, water and land. So um, anyway, so it swamps it, it comes through there and attacks Sarah, and that's all we know. We don't see the attack. We never see the shark attacks except when they eat the thing the person whole. Um, so. <laughs> They go looking for Sarah. They decide to go looking for Sarah. They find her outside the cabin slash double wide trailer. And she's laying there dead. She bled out. She's missing a leg. But, like, the, she must not have tasted very good is all I can think of because they went through the swamp and they found her leg in the swamp. And it looks like, like you know, they have those fake legs like at the Halloween store at Halloween, you know, like the rubber with the bones sticking out. That's exactly what this thing looked like. So, um... For some reason, then they come upon these two geologists. I don't know where the geologists came from, but they understand all this. And one's a professor, they say. There's a guy and a professor. And apparently, when they fracked the area, it opened a portal to an underground ocean, home to prehistoric creatures, Sharkosaurus. 15 to 20 feet. They're dangerous on the water and on land, which I've talked about already. They will attack people on land. It's like Land Shark, like Saturday Night Live. And I think they even bring up like Land Shark from Saturday Night Live in the movie. So they are stuck. They tried to get to the van, but there are Sharkosauruses swimming about the van in the sand. And it like turns up the ground, you know, the burrowing, like Caddyshack, the, the thing from Caddyshack. Except every time they go back out there, it's like smooth again. And then the sharks come out, and they start burrowing it up, and then it's smooth again. But I will give the sharks, these are pretty smart sharks, because not only did they, like, keep them from getting to the van, they also popped the tires on the van, which is pretty smart. So, um, that was pretty awesome. Um, and for some reason, there's like a cache of freaking automatic weapons and then hidden in the walls of this trailer slash cabin so they all um the sh the the one guard and michelle she's on the guard side she feels bad for the guard the one the guard left and they team up and they get control of it so now uh honey's not in control anymore because honey was in control because she had the gun but she can't be a match to their automatic weapons and they all decide to join in together um so they figure out that there's a cave nearby, and I don't know what the cave nearby has anything to do. First, the geologist asked if there was a, a, uh, if there was a like a, a well. I was like, well, there's a cave nearby. That'll work perfect. So they go in the cave, and this is where they use the, uh, this is where they use the uh, state park because they shot in the caves. That looks like, or they created caves. I don't know how it was. It was only like a six hundred thousand dollar budget. So the one oh that's what it is. So the one geologist so before we go anywhere, so one geologist, there's a geologist and the professor. So one geologist falls for one of the prison chicks and vice versa. And he falls for I believe he fell for Shannon. Yes, because Sammy's dead, Sarah's dead. So you have Shannon, Michelle, and Honey and Anita. So he falls for Shannon. They fall for each other. And um, anyway, so he falls for him. And of course, uh, the the big the big fat professor guy, like he's run into the cave. And guess what? He trips and falls. And he's hurt his leg. And he cannot get up. And it's awful. It's just 
terrible that this guy cannot get up. And here comes these stark raving sharks. It's insane. It's crazy. And um, he's like, I'm gonna, I gotta save him. So the guy who's in love with the prison chick sacrifices his life for the for the uh, for the professor, the geologist professor guy, right? So um, that guy's dead anyway. So Shannon's don't have it now. She's fell in love with this guy, and now he's dead. And while all this is going on. Honey has a catchphrase. Her catchphrase is, every time she comes to something, says, holy crap on a cracker, which I believe they stole from the Big Bang Theory because Penny used to say, holy crap on a cracker. So, Honey, that's Honey's catchphrase through the whole movie is, holy crap on a cracker. So, they all get to the cave, miraculously, they get to the cave. And they're in the cave and they're trying to, because the cave... Uh, the walls of the cave are, are solid, so the sharks can't burrow through that. That's the theory. So, um, but there is water in the caves. So, um, for some reason, once they get to the cave, the professor's ankle, yeah, magically healed. So, that poor guy that was in love with Shannon, the the the, the uh, prisoner, uh, he sacrificed his life for nothing. Because that guy can walk fine. So, they're trying to escape. They find a raft. And um, so they have to tunnel through the water to get to the other side so they can escape this, these caves and get out on the ground. So basically they're out by the road of the state park. So they all get into the raft two by two. And then um, for some reason, um, everybody's through. So you got the guard went through first and the geologist and then uh, the geologist went through. And Michelle, yeah, it was the geologist and Michelle, and Shannon made it through, and then you have Anita and Honey left, right? Oh, but the geologist, that's right, the geologist got eaten, the professor, sorry, my bad. So, for some reason, they all get through, right? The, the, the cave, they're, they're like, they're pulling them through, and they're, 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 they're paddling, and it's just Anita and Shannon left, no, I mean, Anita and Honey, I'm sorry. So, Anita starts shooting, and she shoots and kills Shannon. She shoots her right in the head. So, Shannon's dead. So, anyway, Shannon's dead. And then, while she's shooting, she falls in the water and gets eaten by a shark. And then, Honey falls in the water. So, we're guessing she gets uh, eaten by a shark, too, right? So, the only two left are the guard... And Michelle, they're the only ones that make it out alive. But here's the thing. Michelle has a child and she needs to get home to raise the child. And, you know, she was almost out. So the security guard, the guard said, you know, I'm just going to tell everybody that I, I made it out and I was the only survivor because, you know, you have a child to raise. So he lets Michelle go. So, you know, there he's going to lose his job. So, um, they meet up with the cops, which is Tracy Lords and her sidekick, and, uh, they all get in a car into the state park, and they leave, and everything's good. And just when you think it's over, Honey comes crawling out of the water and exclaims, holy crap on a cracker. 
and scene. That's it. That's the end of the movie. So it opened it up for a, a sequel, apparently. I don't know. Maybe not. Because they never killed the sharks, Sharkosauruses. And Honey's still alive. So that is Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre, 2015. It is not rated. It is an hour and 24 minutes. It just has language and violence, and the violence ain't that bad. There is no nudity, uh, sadly, for a woman's prison movie. And you think it's like a prison massacre? Like there's like going to be prison? It has nothing to do with prison. Um, so um, it is just, it's one of those... Uh, it's just, you know, the tagline of it is, yeah, it was shot in Mariana, Florida, yeah. Uh, what's the tagline? You can never truly escape. So, go check that out. I had to look it up on uh, an app to find it. Or it's just an app. Let's see if there's any way to watch it. Um, yeah, it's streaming on Plex, Shop Factory. It's on Tubi. And you can rent it on Prime for $2.99. So there you go. Check it out. Sharkansaw Women's Prison Massacre. All right. There you go. Um, and then I... Uh, there's that. Um, like I said, I did watch uh, Alpha Dog. It's not bad. Um we go back to sports a little bit. Yeah, I, Isaiah Rogers was the one who got busted. He's the Colts player that got busted for gambling, which is uh, pervasive wagering activities. Yeah, you can't do that. I know Colts sucked ass last year, so hopefully he bet, you know, against his own team. This development comes not long after the NFL suspended five players in April for sports gambling violations. Of the five, four violated league policy by placing wagers last season. Um, he had made wagers through an account opened by an acquaintance. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, he can do that. Um, so, but he didn't show up. And, um... You know, so he's in trouble. And then there was an article I read yesterday as a disgruntled Raiders fan. Still a disgruntled Raiders fan. Uh, ESPN believes Jimmy Garoppolo may not even play a snap with the Raiders. Because um, he failed his physical. It's just, it, his story gets worse and worse and worse. They say he will be ready by the time the season starts, but... Uh, they don't, at this point, they don't even know. Uh, Paul Gutierrez is a, uh, a writer for ESPN. He speculated that there's a chance that Garoppolo never plays a down. Um, with quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo's sideliners recovers from surgery to his left foot that took place after he signed with the Raiders in March. Uh, Raiders Nation turns its eyes to Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell, and Chase Garbers. While Las Vegas bet on Garoppolo being ready for training camp, there remains a possibility he never plays for the Raiders. Meaning Minicamp will give the 14-year vet Hoyer, the fourth-round draft pick O'Connell, and the second-year pro, or the second-year pro who has yet to take an NFL snap, Garbers, a leg up on the competition. He had to have his contract revised because of his foot surgery. Um, the plan is to have him for the 23 season, but there is a chance that the Raiders decide to move on if his foot doesn't heal properly. 
However, that seems far from likely as the Raiders seem pretty confident that he'll be ready for August. I, I this this story just this organization just gets worse and worse by the second. I, I really don't know why they hired Josh McDaniels. They had Rich Bisaccia. Everybody loved him. He had the respect of the uh, the locker room, and you know, it's just it's a crappy situation all around. Um, I you know, I hate to be a Raider fan. Well, I am a Raider fan, and I hate being a Raider fan at this point. Um, so there's that. Let's, um, what else we got here? Um, I could sing you a song if you want. Do you want to hear a song? There are so I do have songs. Um, a few uh, original. My last song I ripped off of uh, "City of New Orleans" by Arlo Guthrie, and I wrote it. And it's about uh, Luke Skywalker, and that's on my YouTube page. You can find me on YouTube, actually, and uh, you can hear that. I've got a song about Walmart, so. Um, you can listen to that. And then I have some original songs where I tried to be, you know, uh, serious and soul-searching. But, um, you know, that don't always go as planned. But they're all on my YouTube page. Look me up. Um, I did watch Three Days of the Condor with Robert Redford. That's a good movie. No CGI, no special effects other than the fake blood from the, from the shooting. But that's a good movie. I, I enjoy movies like that. If you don't know it, uh, Robert Led Redford, he is a he's a researcher for the CIA in Manhattan, and he like he reads books, and they check coding and stuff basically. And somebody comes in, um, it says a mild-mannered CIA researcher paid to read books, returns from lunch to find that all of his coworkers assassinated. Condor, which is his name, must find out who did this and get in from the cold before the hitmen get him. So it's not a bad movie. Uh, it's not awesome, but uh, I mean, it's got Robert Redford and Faye Dunaway and Cliff Robertson, Max von Sydow, John Houseman. I mean, it's it's got an all-star cast. Um, it's this movie would be PG-13 now. Uh, it was rated R back then, in uh, 1975. Um, but I watched that. I tried to watch Super Mario Brothers, um, you know, like not legally, and um, it kept skipping, so I stopped watching it. I started Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, but I fell asleep. So I've yet to finish those two. So I started two movies and have yet to finish them. Um, I did... Oh, I know what I watched. Dude, holy crap. So I forgot about this. So on HBO, there is this documentary about Jared, the subway guy. Jared, you know Subway? He's Jared, you lost all that weight eating Subway, the guy from Indiana. Oh, my God. Okay, so I knew that, like, he was a super creep, but no. Like, he is beyond, like, disgusting. Um, he, like, he befriends this DJ. Uh, she's a DJ in uh, Florida. And uh, he hid on her at uh, a school function because he would go around to little kids. So if you don't know, Jared, the subway guy was arrested for uh, sex trafficking at children and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, 
sexual abuse of children and all this stuff, and he's in jail for, I think he'll, I think he got 15 years. I think the guy needs to be put away for life, and they need to just put him in the electric chair or, you know, make him eat himself to death, you know, so that's what needs to happen to this guy. He is beyond, he is like, he's, to me, uh, he's as bad as John Wayne Gacy, other than, you know, he didn't murder anybody, but he's still of that, you know. He's, he's the same mold. It's 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 attacking, predator, preying on children, and he he told this woman they were at a uh, a middle school, and he hit on her, and he's like, I'm so attracted to middle school girls or middle school kids or something like that, and she thought it was just weird, like really weird. So she befriends him and talks to him, and he starts telling him, telling her his deepest, darkest secrets, and she starts recording this stuff, which is inadmissible in court. So she's like, uh, uh, he's like, he talked about wanting to get little kids, and like, like uh, this is the stuff he said, it's disturbing, it's gross. Trigger warning for all you sensitive foo-foo people, get your dog out, start petting it. But like, he would say stuff like, I want you to watch me pound a little kid. That's like, not pound as in beat up, but use your imagination there. And uh, she, so she recorded all this, and he's like, uh, she was like, she was going to have a birthday party for her son. They were like 10 and 11, boy and a girl. She had kids. And um, he's like, I want to watch them change. Like, this is the stuff he says. It's extremely disturbing. He asked about a seven-year-old from a broken home. He's like, those are, because those are good victims. Seven-year-olds are good. The broken home one. He wanted to see her. He asked her on tape. By this point, she went to the FBI. So the FBI uh, essentially made her an agent so she could record this stuff legally because she could have gone to jail, really. Um, he said he wanted to see her kids naked, and he wanted her to make that happen. And then he says, which one do you think I would like better, the boy or the girl? And um, it's... It's disturbing and he talks about what he did to kids when he was over in thailand uh what it felt like with a six-year-old boy or it was just extremely disgusting so what is worse though so he hired this guy and he was the head of the jared foundation jared you know they hit it off they're really good friends so him and jared hit it off so he makes this guy the head of the jared foundation He's making, this guy makes child porn for Jared. He put cameras in his stepdaughter's bedrooms. He put sex toys in their rooms, so he watched everything they did, and he would send all that stuff to Jared. The The, the link that got him was he had found, they, they found a picture of a child, uh, of child porn, like a child porn picture on uh uh, Jared's cell phone, and it was texted from that guy. That's how they linked these two together. They found out there was uh, he prostituted many minors. Jared, after all the investigation, uh, twelve he spent twelve thousand dollars a year on sex workers. Um, he most of the prostitutes were minor in New York City. There were fourteen different victims. Um, Subway was notified three different times about this guy, and they never did anything about it. Um, some people tried to sue Subway and that didn't work out but it is a documentary on uh, HBO 
about Jared the Subway Guy. We'll go through the IMDb to find out about Jared the Subway Guy. But what a creep. Like, I remember, like, he was at wrestling. Um, he was at WWE events. Jared from Subway, Catching a Monster. Um, I saw him at a Magic game one time. It was the Magic and the Pacers. Uh, the documentary, Jared from Subway, Catching a Monster. It showcases the untold story of the investigation exposed the monster insidiously lurking behind Fogel's persona and how his true nature as a child sex predator was finally revealed. It is deeply disturbing and just makes me wonder who else is doing this. I mean, Jared was like squeaky clean. So that what his defense was, so he used to be like really, really fat, right? So he was like huge. So he was addicted to food and that's how he dealt with things was he ate it well they said that he turned into a sex addict because he wasn't his addiction went from food to sex that was the defense's uh that was the defense's case his earliest possible release is march of 2029 um but it is deeply disturbing story about subway and um i i'm surprised if this had happened now, the the whole uh, I bet you Subway would get closed down because with cancel culture all the way it is, um, it would be bad. Um, but uh, yeah, he weighed four hundred twenty five pounds, then he lost two hundred pounds on the Subway diet, and they talk about that in part one. Radio, yeah, she was a radio journalist. Rochelle Herman undertakes a covert uh, mission. To expose Jared Fogle as a child sex predator, but an investigation takes a dark turn. The lives of two young girls change when they encounter the subway guy. That's uh, episode two. It's only three episodes. They're only like not even an hour long. Uh, and then episode three, Rochelle Herman's undercover investigation to expose Jared Fogel, a.k.a. the subway guy, as a child sex predator destroys her life. A bizarre and shocking sequence of events results in the downfall of this pop culture icon. And what's more disturbing, the most disturbing thing about this whole situation was he was a motivational speaker, and who did he go to talk to? He went to talk to middle schools and elementary schools, and he was always in contact with children. And it is creepy, and it's disturbing, and uh, like I said, I really think that the guy needs to just, he needs to, something needs to happen to him. I'm not going to say anything other than that. Other than he maybe should, you know, be executed. I think he should be executed. You don't fix that. That guy's just a creep. It's just... But um, that is the Subway Guy. Jared the Subway Guy. It's a great documentary, but it is highly... It's as disturbing as the... Um, the Neverland documentary. The one about uh, Michael Jackson. Because I believe that Michael Jackson did molest those kids. I don't care what anybody said. Um, I'm a conspiracy truthist. Or, you know, I believe in conspiracies. A, a lot of conspir You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. He had a lot of smoke going on there. He might have not have touched the celebrity kids, but if, you know, I'm inviting 12-year-old boys over to come spend the night at my house, you know, they're going to lock me up to a red key. That's just all there is to it. Um, but anyway, I don't have any more. Um, I don't even have any more conspiracy theories that I know of. I'm trying to think. 
covered football, covered documentaries, covered my Not Buster. I mean, I covered some IndyCar news. Um, let's see here. What else do I got here? Oh, I bought some old race cars today. We go back to collectibles. Chris is a collector of um, of uh, many things, auto racing, mostly Indy cars, which I do have Formula One stuff as well. Um, but I do collect books, newspapers, programs, uh, 500 yearbooks. Um, I collect a lot of die casts. I've got a flag that flew over the speedway in turn one uh, over the grandstands I've got a piece of the asphalt from the track I've got a, uh, a something off of a pace car I've got autograph stuff and then I found these die casts today uh, I got to let out of work early and that was nice and I, I knew better than to go to the treasure mart I went to the treasure mart and they had like 10 uh, 164 scale old indie cars which are like matchbox size. And I had to make a choice, and I bought four. And uh, I bought from, uh, it looks like 1989, um, or 90, 89. Anyway, so it was uh, a Mario Andretti, an AJ Foy, a Bobby Ray Hall, and a, um, up and a uh, uh, Derek Daly. So I found those today, and uh, those were pretty cool. So that's what I did today. I went shopping unnecessarily. I went to the grocery store. I had to buy some groceries. And then I did, uh, went and got myself a chocolate milkshake because chocolate milkshakes are where it's at. Uh, drove around town a little bit and then uh, came home, made some tacos. And I posted this on my Facebook page. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking everybody else does it too. So I made tacos for dinner, right? And I cannot be the only one, and so I found out from, from Facebook that um, I cover my taco with cheese like it's a freaking Skyline chili dog, like a little bit of meat, so maybe some lettuce, some salsa, if you like tomatoes or sour cream, put that on. But, and then that's all buried underneath a mound of cheese. And then while you're putting cheese on your taco, you like eat cheese out of the, out of the bag, the bag of cheese, the shredded cheese. So I'm like essentially eating half the bag of cheese straight out of the bag of cheese not doing that but that's what I did today um let's see here um I don't know so um I I just and then that's my leftovers when I um hold on I'm answering a text about something because you know people text me that Um, anyway, so um, I made tacos for dinner. Listened to some Roy Orbison. I got an old Roy Orbison record. I went out and uh, in April got my stuff out of the rest of uh, my garbage out of my, my friend Marsha. I've known Marsha since high school, so it's about 35 years we've known each other. Um, she let me keep her stuff in her uh, in her shed. Because, you know, I was basically homeless and uh, my ex-wife took everything I owned except the crap she didn't want, which is basically the racing stuff. And uh, thank God she didn't want the vinyl, right? So I got this old Roy Orbison record that I've had since I was a kid, teenager, and I listened to that. 
I'm all about the vinyl. Love the vinyl. Didn't see any good vinyl today, really. The vinyl I did see, I did see a Springsteen album I wanted. Guy wanted $15 for it, and that's just a bit much for Greetings from Ashbury Park. I think I can find that one cheaper somewhere else. That guy in that treasure mark always has super expensive vinyl. So um, I don't ever buy from that guy. He's got good vinyl, but the reason he's got good vinyl, and it's always there, is because it costs too much. So um, there's that. Um, but anyway, um, we got that, and then um, um, I don't know if I have anything else. Um, let's see. My brother's got a place up on the lake. I'm going to the lake this weekend, so that'll be fun. Um, and uh, let's see here if I can find us a shower thought. Since no one else is here, um, go to bed, you'll feel better. No, I don't know what that is. Go to bed, you'll feel better in the morning. It's a human version of did you turn it off, turn it back on again. I'm horrible. I, I, I feel terrible every time I wake up. I've done something to my back, and I hope it's not serious. I got a doctor's appointment in July because that's the soonest I can get in. Even though I work for a hospital company, I can't get in until July. Um, but it's been hurting for about a year now. And I went to a chiropractor that did absolutely nothing to it, so it's something internal. And uh, it comes and goes with the pain. So um, hopefully it's just something I can rehab. Um, but... Uh, Oh, these are dumb. In order to fall asleep, we have to pretend to be asleep. Someone's mom probably used you as a bad example for her kids. I know for a fact that happened to me when I was a teenager. I was a horrible kid because I left the church school and went to public school. And all of a sudden, I was the spawn of Satan. And I wasn't, um, I couldn't hang out with my friend no more because I went to public school and I listened to rock and roll music. So I was a child of the devil. So I'm still a child of the devil, right? Ha! And here's the crazy part. So these people that did that, like, wouldn't that me? Except for my best friend Eric. His mom and dad were super cool. Um, I never lost touch with my best friend Eric. Eric, actually, we hung out just as much when I went to public school as I did when I went to the private school. Uh, so he never could never. He, he, he His parents were cool, and they, he could still hang out with me. But the people I wasn't that didn't allow their kids to hang out with me, when those kids got older, they were the worst kids in the world. Like, they got involved in some shady dealings and some uh, uh, some, some drugs and some issues. And here I am, the spawn of Satan, went to public school, never been arrested. Uh, I don't do drugs. If I drink, it's very rare. So there you go. So be like Chris. Just kind of be an a-hole, loud, obnoxious, son of the devil. Um... But be more like him, and don't don't shelter your kids too much, because it's a bubble that's bad for you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I had a bad experience. I didn't have a bad. Church is important. Everybody should go to church. I strongly believe that. And there's aspects of church I do miss. I just think um, when I was a kid, it was the '80s, and you know every rock and roll band was worshiping the devil, which wasn't true. Um, we had that aspect, and you know, all the you know, TV and movies and music, and everything was horrible. And you know, really, honestly, growing up, 
me and the other guys from from the from youth group, church youth group, and we all went to high school. We went to school together. All we wanted was a basketball game. We wanted to play church basketball, and they never gave it to us. And you know, they kept us in this bubble that we were expected to live in. And I think that's why so many of them broke out and kind of fell into these rebellious things because of because of that, you know, because they kept us in a bubble. And, you know, I was lucky, you know, I went to, I got to go to public school. Let me tell you about culture shock, though. You know, I go from a, a schoolroom with, you know, eight kids in it to, um, you know, my graduating class had, what, 500, 600 kids in it? And I had metal shop, right? And all the hoods took metal shops. This is the 80s. Everybody had mullets and leather jackets. And they were kind of shady. But you know what? Those were some cool guys. Um, I wouldn't hang out with them, but they were nice to me. I was nice to them. Um, you always make friends with that kind of those kind of people. I remember a guy was doing some book work at the desk, and this was a uh, metal shop. And, you know, we would make stuff. You know, we'd make hammers and stuff, so we had these big, thick pieces of metal. And we would, you know, grind them down on the, uh, on the lathe. You know, we would machine them down. And he's got one of these pieces of, of uh, it's probably an inch, maybe an inch and a half thick. And, and it fits in the palm of his hand, so it's probably you know, two or three inches long. And he walks by the desk, and he's got this thing hidden in his hand. He says, you didn't see anything. I said, nope, sure didn't. That guy was my best friend the rest of the semester, and actually the next two years we graduated together. So that's what you do, folks. It's like they say in The Godfather. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. And don't go against the family. That's another bad thing you shouldn't do. Go against the family. But anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap up. I've been talking for almost an hour. Is anybody going to listen to this? I hope so. Um, but you can find us on any, uh, most any podcast uh, platforms. We are on YouTube. Um, we are on TuneIn Radio. Uh, Spotify. Spotify is a famous one. You should know that one. We're also on Amazon uh, and uh, iTunes. So you can check us out on all of those platforms. And um, you'll never have to wonder um, who's your nerds are because that's us guys. Uh, but it's just me. So it's a who's your nerd podcast. So uh, peace out and uh, take care. <laughs>